0: to the Wet Dreams Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening so far. Today we're going to talk about shame and guilt. Um, that's a big issue that we see with guys. Um, I think probably everyone deals to some degree with shame and guilt, but especially with guys with out-of-control sexual behavior, shame and guilt is super prevalent. Um, and you may or may not know the difference, but that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what is shame and guilt, and how it comes into play into like the struggles that our guys deal with. Um, yeah, so, so what is shame and guilt? <laughs> Let's start there, what, that, what does that even mean? <laughs>
1: um, shame is where you feel something is wrong with you, like you're fundamentally bad, um, like I'm a loser or um, I'll never be able to overcome this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are shame-based statements I like I am defective. Um, guilt is the feeling that you get when you know that you've done something wrong um, and so oftentimes we start with guilt and then one or two seconds later we start feeling shame um, and in my opinion and people can argue with me that's fine uh, Shame is never constructive. Mm. It it never accomplishes anything good. Where guilt can accomplish something good if we use it to change our behavior, right? So if we know that we've done something wrong and that makes us feel guilty and we're, we don't wanna feel that way anymore, then we do something to change so we don't make that same mistake again. Um, otherwise, like if we feel guilty then Shame comes in and says, I did that because I'm stupid. I did it because I'm worthless. I'm never going to be able to change, like I said. You know. So shame is destructive. Guilt can be constructive if we use it to change.
0: Right. Well, then, like, you know, the thing I always tell guys is, like, if you're a bad person or if you think I'm a bad person, like, how do you change that? What do you do with that? Like, oh, okay, I'm a bad person. Cool. Like, as opposed to I did this thing that's bad. I can learn from it. I can do something different next time or whatever. But if you're a bad person, like, okay, the end. Like, yeah. there's nothing you can do about that, in my opinion, you know.
1: Right. And there's, um, when I talk about this, um, Spanish always comes to my mind, like, because Spanish has two different words mm. for I am, right? There's soy, yeah. which is the permanent one, and estoy, which is temporary, right? So, um, mm-hmm Guilt or shame is permanent, in my opinion, right? It's the, and we can't do anything about it. Like, if you think I'm stupid or I'm worthless, that's, that's, that is it. That's forever, right? <laughs> um, but if you say, well, I made a bad choice, then that's temporary. You can you not make bad choices in the future.
0: Yeah. So do you feel like our guys, I say our guys, I mean, the guys that we see, do you feel like our guys have more shame or more guilt or like what is that what has your, been your experience yeah
1: shame is, is super prevalent with the clients that I've seen um, and and then th- the reason that we're talking about this is because in my opinion shame when they get into a shame based way of thinking they end up using more right? they, they end up doing they end up doing things ch- making choices when they're feeling shame that makes their life worse rather than better, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah. I see lots of shame in the in the guys that I see.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Where do you think our guys um, get that from, or whatever? What are some, you know, what I mean, like mess? Where do they get? Where we get? Where do we get that message? Those messages, the shame messages. Mm. That's a good question.
1: Um, I think it comes from a lot of areas. Uh, I think that. Society in general doesn't allow boys little boys to process their emotions the mm. way that it allows little girls generally speaking of course mm-hmm. there are lots of exceptions mm-hmm. to both of those but generally speaking we don't allow boys to feel emotions or process emotions um, we say things like big boys don't cry and you know don't cry I'll give you something to cry about mm-hmm. or uh, you know win at all costs and stuff like like we we give these messages, Um, that doesn't allow people to feel feelings or process their feelings Um, and so then when they have feelings they don't know what to do with them right so they do things to kind of cover that up Um, where so, so that's one area it can come from I think that even internally shame can can take hold and and grow because we if, if we don't wanna make a certain choice and then we make that choice, then we think, well, there must be something wrong with me because mm-hmm. I keep making this mm-hmm. choice that I don't wanna make. Um, so then that that's kind of self-perpetuating shame inside the person, right? So there's, and change is hard. So it's easier to say there's something wrong with me because then I don't have to change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. It's um, It's harder to say, oh, I keep making this choice that's destructive. How about I change and work to overcome that, um, which mm-hmm. is which is much harder. It's just easier to say I'm defective. I get to keep doing this because there's something wrong with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think like as guys, generally speaking, like the action or the things that you do is so ingrained or so connected to who you are. I don't know if that's like a overall like a guy thing like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you're useful so then you're a useful person or whatever you're you know like it's so connected to who you are as a person the things that you do um so that that makes sense where then if you're doing something bad of course you're a bad person because that's kind of the mindset that you have generally anyways you know um it's that usefulness like men are used need to be useful to be valued or that idea of like your actions are who you are or whatever right I think that's like a big thing too yeah well and yeah we
1: I think as males we get a lot of worth from our accomplishments mm-hmm. right and right. so when we make choices that we that, that we're not happy with then that's kind of an anti accomplishment right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's it makes it more difficult to make positive decisions when we've made a negative decision um, because we, again, that shame tells us that that's who we are and that we can't do any better,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. but we can, right? Like, we can. I, I wish that making a positive choice had. Mm-hmm as much impact on us as making negative right. choices did. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> we tend to forget all the positive choices yeah. we made. We you know, we got up this morning, we hopefully took a shower, right? So yeah. those are good choices, but we forget those. We remember the bad choices that we
0: made. Uh-huh. Well that that makes me think, you know, also like the question in my mind is like, what does shame look like or what are some of the shame thoughts? I think what I've found is um, it's hard to identify the like, like the idea of, like, I'm a bad person. It's kind of like a big kind of nebulous, like, touchy-feely kind of thing. Um, but I know often one thing I'll have guys do is being aware of smaller, like, mm-hmm. shame statements or shame language that you're using. So I I just wonder what are some examples of, like, even the smaller ones. Like, you know, like, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad husband, I'm a bad partner. Those are kind of, like, bigger, kind of harder things to... to Identify, but what are some of the smaller ones that you've seen people using?
1: Well, like I'm never gonna get better. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I can't Change this I can't get better. I can't stop Doing whatever this behavior is that I want to stop doing for many of our people. It's porn um, You know that that I can't there's this mm-hmm. I, I can't Change I can't get better. I can't make better choices mm-hmm. Um You know, it's (laughs) when people say that you you're right because you're perpetuating Mm -hmm. that, right? I like I always tell the story of um, like if you're teaching a five year old how to play basketball and you say you're never gonna you know you're never gonna hit that basket, you're not throwing the ball hard enough, you know it's you're you're awful, you're never gonna change, right? If we say stuff like that to a little kid, of course they're not gonna they're never going to play basketball again, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. because we just defeated them before they got started. And I think a lot of times we do that to ourselves. We tell ourselves that we're awful or worthless or we can't do something. Well, you're right, because mm-hmm. you just told yourself you can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecy, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. How do, how do we see, you know, um, I think we're talking mainly about guys without a control sexual behavior. What, is, what does shame look like overall, too? Just, like, sexual shame, whether that's with the guys that we see or couples or whatever. What is What are some examples of those, you think, kind of bringing it out to the bigger picture?
1: Well, I think that ultimately it can lead to erectile dysfunction. It can lead to um, sexual performance issues mm-hmm. um, because... I think changes in our ability to perform is common. Like almost all men have some kind of an issue uh, at some point in their lives. But the more we dwell on that, the more it becomes a problem, right? Because if we're focused on, mm-hmm. am I, I going to be able to function? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be successful? Am I going to orgasm? When we start focusing on that, then it causes. That it's it exacerbates that problem, right? It it, mm-hmm. it makes it more common and worse, because we're not focused on what we should, what we're doing. We're focused on whether we're going to be able to do it. And so I think that that that's one problem that it creates. It also can create this shame, pervasive shame, can create problems in a relationship mm-hmm. as well, right? Because if you're If you think that you're a loser, then you're going to start questioning why your partner doesn't think that you're a loser, Mm. right? Or whatever it is, the thought that you have. Mm -hmm. And so then that can kind of quickly turn into you do think that I'm a loser, but it came from I think that I'm a loser. Right and then you don't but then somehow you must think i'm a loser because i think i'm a loser right <laughs> and <laughs> everyone
0: should probably everyone thinks that i'm a loser or right? right. should think yep. that i'm a loser yeah yeah, yeah then yeah, you go yeah.
1: around thinking well everybody thinks that uh, right and so now i shouldn't even leave my house or i shouldn't engage with people because when re- when really that that statement kind of came
0: from within us yeah and then we're kind of spreading it out among all the people that we know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's like a domino effect. I mean, like, the, another example I'm thinking of is, like, um, if a guy thinks their penis is small and they're an inadequate man or whatever, then you're going to act like you have a small penis or you're going to act inadequate more than that, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, with your partner or whatever, like, because you're coming from that assumption of, like, yeah, I'm inadequate, which, by the way, like, most guys think their penis is small anyways, Right? I think it's, like, 85%, I forget mm-hmm. the, the statistic, yeah. but most guys do, you know, so, um, you're coming from that baseline of, like, yeah, I'm not enough, you know. Yeah, well, it's it's good that you brought
1: that up, because it is, like, like in porn, mm-hmm. um, the average penis size is about two inches bigger than what the average penis size really is among real people, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Like if we're constantly looking at that and then we start comparing ourselves to what we're seeing. um, And so, like I tell my clients, well, you know, porn isn't real, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's not the way people have sex. That's not the way people interact with each other. That's, you know. uh,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Many people, when they're sexual with their partners, they don't do it the way that it's done in porn. And so, like, Porn is just a really poor teacher and we should not compare ourselves to what we see in porn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like saying, you know, should you learn how to drive by playing Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> like it's, <laughs> no, we know it's not real, right? <laughs> but then with porn, we're like, well, that's, this is real, right? And I, I'm i not mm-hmm. like, I don't look like that. Mm-hmm. I don't act like that. And so maybe I should. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're modeling your life after something that's not real. These mm-hmm. people are actors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they choose people who have disproportional body parts because that's what people consume. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so it, it good, makes good money and so that's the people they film. but that is not the
0: typical person. Mm-hmm. Well it's, it's like any other entertainment like it makes me think of like wrestling like WWE or whatever yeah. like, everyone's like super muscular and super yeah. in shape is the point. like they're, they're getting those type of people. Um, for the entertainment purposes so of course they're going to get people that have abs and have huge penises and whatever you know and women with large breasts and stuff like that of course you know because it's for entertainment purposes you know
1: right so i think media porn and other media it creates these unrealistic images which then can kind of prompt shame to occur Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because i don't look like that and i don't act like that and I don't get all the girls like the guys doing porn, and you know it's it these there's just a lot of these negative messages that kind of turn into shame.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what's been your experience with um, shame coming from like trauma in guys or something like that, whether that's sexual trauma or trauma otherwise? I'm just curious, what's been your clients like in that way? Have that's, you had? Yeah,
1: that's that's a really good question. Um, I think that trauma reinforces the negative messages that we have, right, it's Mm -hmm. like I think some people are are prone to thinking shameful messages like I'm not good enough, Um, and and that really is a male and female thing, Um, Mm -hmm. like it's a a human thing, Mm -hmm. right, like I'm not good enough. Not everybody has that, but some people can. Mm and, and then when we have trauma, that's evidence for our brain. See, there is something wrong with me because mm-hmm. this person did something traumatic to me. So there must be something wrong with me because I attracted this trauma, right? Um, and then mm-hmm. that with some people can become like the, the basis of shame and guilt for, from then on because we... St- we have this evidence mm-hmm. that, that there's something bad about me. When really, that there's something bad about me is is wrong. Like, the person that did the trauma to you, whatever that trauma was, that's the person mm-hmm. who has a problem and right. should feel shameful and guilty. Uh, right. Not not you as the, as the receiver of that trauma.
0: Right, right. Well, it's interesting you talked about the coming from the baseline of shame and then that coming out to... Someone, it's like a similar experience where that person that has the issue did something to someone, and then now it's you've transferred that, like now you have the issue, like even though it was from that person that was perpetuating the trauma, you know? It's so weird. Now you have all my trauma, Uh, now uh, you you have all my shame. (laughs) Here you go, pass it along. Yeah, 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 definitely, for sure. Well, and that's yeah, and, and that's a hard hard evidence to, to say like to go against like that experience or that you know cluster of experiences often years or whatever like of sexual trauma that's a hard thing to be like oh that's that evidence is invalid like but it happened and it's, it's a tough like thing for people to shake I think
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and it's yeah you bring up a good point there too that these these things that we like make up in our brain that we believe to be true it it's harder to convince somebody that something that they made up in their mind is not true it's harder to convince them that's not true than than actual facts Mm. (laughs) Uh, you know like like yeah women are bad drivers right like 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 if we believe that and we can show statistics that show that's not true People will reject the statistics, Mm -hmm. they'll reject scientific um, research, they'll reject science, they'll reject whatever in favor of their own made-up truth Mm -hmm. that they believe in their head, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So facts don't matter, it's just what I believe. Yeah,
0: (laughs) right. And they may may cite, like, in that example, taking it further, they may cite, well, there was that one time that I got into an accident with a woman and she was driving poorly. Like, you know, that's, again, similar to the trauma thing. Like, that's the evidence and I, I don't... Care who tells me otherwise. Like that was my experience, yep. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then
1: we're. What were you doing in that instance? You're taking, one, dot, one mm-hmm. data point, <laughs> and you're extrapolating. This is all people now. This is this whole classification of people, um, who who do these bad things, right? When it's not, you know. For example, I mean, another one is all men cheat, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's that people believe that um, based on their one or two or three or ten people that they've had that have cheated in their life and then they're they're taking those data points and extrapolating it and making it truth a universal truism like gravity
0: right mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right so it seems like there's like this na like the vision visual i'm getting is like this narrowing of like shame makes you narrow i don't i don't know if that makes sense but Um, so my thought is like, okay, what are some things that can help shame? And, you know, a thought I've had of having is expanding the information, you know what I mean? If you're coming from a place where this is my only experience, like what are, what, what are some other things I can consider? You know, that's maybe one way to look at it. But anyways, the point, the question is, what are some things that can help? shame or help our guys with shame or anyone, but I mean, we're mainly talking about our, our dudes, Mm -hmm. um, our guys, what are some things that can help with shame? Um,
1: it's another great question. (laughs) I'm (laughs) killing it. (laughs) When, when I'm working with somebody about their internal shame messages, um, I tell them first, you have to catch yourself doing it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I tell them literally, like write it down in your phone, um, like you know, just day and time, um, and and this is the message that I had, right? Like, um, I'm I'm too stupid to pass this class or whatever, right? Like, like just catch yourself noticing those shame messages that you have, and. Like, really, that's the assignment that I give them for like a week or two Mm -hmm. or three. Like, just keep noticing when you do this. You don't have to do anything about it. Just notice it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after they get used to noticing it, um, and I I know they're ready for the next step when they come back and they say stuff like, I didn't realize how many of these Mm -hmm. things, how often I do this, or how many shame messages I have. And I'm like, okay, now you're ready for the next (laughs) step. (laughs) Um, And so then the next step, with the work that I do is having them start to gently argue with that mm. right So when they when they catch themselves making a shame-based statement, ask themselves, is this really true? Mm. right? Like am I really stupid? or am I really incompetent or am I really like whatever the shame-based statement is, um, am I really that? whatever that thought is telling you that you are? Again, you know it's you're not like, punching yourself in the head or anything like that. You're right. just saying, am I really, right? Um, or did I just make a mistake,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Did, mm-hmm. I, did I just forget something? Or did I stay up all night watching Netflix instead of studying for this test that I failed, right? Mm-hmm. right? Is there, am I really this permanent thing or am I a temporary,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, and so then they practice that for a few weeks of, of just kind of gently questioning and then I have them incorporate an alternative message, right? Mm-hmm. So so like I said, first is, is noticing or catching yourself doing it, then move into gently arguing with it, and then ultimately you will put a replacement there. So I'm not stupid, I just have too much on my mind or I'm too stressed or mm-hmm. I, I have poor time management, right? All things that you can do something mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so, replace it with something that you can do something about. So a temporary condition rather than a permanent
0: mm-hmm, condition. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I I seem to have a um, success, or my clients seem to have a success doing that um, when they kind of go through that three step
0: process. Yeah, and I like that. I, I I I like that idea. Another thing that I would like I like to tag on to that is that last part about you saying the a replacement thought. I like to tell guys like replace it with a neutral thought it doesn't have to be like um okay your the thought is like i'm terrible it doesn't have to be like i'm amazing and yeah. i have do everything right you know what i mean like yeah. that's not realistic necessarily right. to, i mean you may get to that point sure that'd be awesome but it may just be a neutral thing like oh, i just didn't do well you know or I i could have done something different like it's still not necessarily a positive thought but it's more of a neutral thought than the idea that you're terrible you know what i mean yep. and even that his movement towards having healthier thoughts, you know. Yep, and and that's a good point because
1: it, like I tell my clients, it has to be something that that can stick, mm-hmm. right? It has mm-hmm. to be something that you can say to yourself and believe it, right? So if you mm-hmm. if you're going around saying I suck, you telling yourself that I'm amazing, <laughs> it's not really going to have an effect because you don't believe that, mm-hmm. right? But saying, maybe I don't suck. You know, maybe I just had a bad day or maybe I just made a bad choice or a series of bad choices. That's different than saying, oh, I'm amazing. You're not going to believe that. You're not going to do a complete mm-hmm. 180. Right. Um, I mean, hopefully that, that could be a goal. Like, right. To turn yourself around after you reprogram your brain. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, doing that overnight, that that's a Hollywood mentality mm-hmm. of, you know, um, the doc—I call it the doctor film mentality. Right, <laughs> twenty-seven minutes, we can fix everybody's problems and, with commercials, and and, and everybody's fine. Uh, but life doesn't really work that way. It takes a lot of effort and continual mm-hmm. um, kind of repetition to learn these new lessons and to override the the negative programming that you've developed over years.
0: Yeah, and you didn't—you didn't develop those processes processes whatever overnight Mm -hmm. so they're not gonna go away overnight and i like i think another thing i um that could be useful is like being kind to yourself it sounds like cheesy and blah 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 whatever but it is truly like giving yourself some slack like it didn't happen overnight it's not gonna change overnight it's gonna take some time so if you're still having shame, shame messages that's fine it's okay like just keep at it keep trying to get some consistency into changing those thoughts you know
1: because that reminds me of the perfectionism thing Mm. right like we um like a lot of the guys that we deal with they have this perfectionism streak in them and again that's not exclusive to just guys Uh, a lot of females have perfectionist streaks too but um you know guys will walk in the door and they want help and they want to get better like yesterday they want like like, I've had people say to me, I'll, like, I'll be better after one session, right? And I'm like, you didn't get this way in an hour. I can't fix it in an hour, uh. <laughs> right? Like, like it's, it's, like I said a minute ago, it takes kind of repetition and doing the same thing over and over again because that's how we got into this place of shame-based messages is that you constantly kind of sent that shame message to yourself. So you, it takes time to, to rewrite that and overcome that mm-hmm. and, and change that that way of thinking, and it, it's hard. Like, I tell my clients, it's hard. Uh, it's difficult because you are overriding all that stuff, right? It's, it, it, it takes a lot of effort, and then people get tired of trying, and then they lapse or they relapse. Um, but that doesn't mean, because I've had clients say, now I'm back at ground zero. No, that's not what that means, right? You're, you can't unlearn things that you've learned. Like, like you already have the tools and skills. You just stop using them temporarily, Um, so start using them again, (laughs) (laughs) and build on it and learn more stuff, Um, and then you can, you can overcome it. Like that's the fascinating things about our brains. We can, we can learn anything, um, if we try hard enough and learn, and and keep repeating, the lessons and keep practicing and all that kind of stuff. Like, Like we know. Mm-hmm. People that are listening to this, they know how they, mm-hmm. how they learn, and, and that they know they can learn. Yep. Um, we yep. just believe that. Like, that's another weird thing. Like we these internal messages that we have, we just believe them. And if somebody walked up to us and said those things, mm-hmm. we'd be like, "Get out of here! It's crazy, <laughs> right?" But but because it came from inside our head, we believe it, whatever it says.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm a loser. Oh, okay, I'm a loser. <laughs> Must be true because it's in my head. Right? Like, no, you need to start questioning that, like, as if somebody told you that. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, that, what you were talking about, kind of leads me to the next part of my thought is like, there's that idea or that pressure, I suppose, to like get better faster. And I think some things that I've seen often, uh, and again, we're talking about stereotypical heterosexual couples and the guys that come in here. Um, often I'll see both the pressure individually from the guy, like I want to get better, but I often see there's a pressure often because something bad has happened or a partner has discovered porn or whatever. And now there's this pressure like, okay, you have to go get better quick or again, both. I think it's both the partner saying like, you need to get better. And then the individual saying, I want to get better quick for the partner. Um, what are some things that that partner can do? If it's a partnered relationship to help the shame or just thoughts about that whole like interaction of partner where the partner comes in into that, that point, you know?
1: Well, I, there's two things that are, Mm -hmm. that I want to say they're fighting for which one I'm going to say first. (laughs) Uh,
0: Like, I think
1: that, um, when, when, when a person does something and they get caught, right? Um, And then that drives them, so go get counseling, I'm going to leave you, or go get counseling, or this relationship is over. Um, Our clients then dwell on that, that event Mm -hmm. in the past, right? They're they're stuck on that thing that happened a week ago when they first show up for the first session, and then it's a month ago, and then it's six months ago. They're constantly Mm -hmm. focused on that thing in the past, and I tell them, I use the analogy of driving a car. I'm like you're driving your car, looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Like you're constantly focused on that thing in the past that you did. You need to focus on the future, mm-hmm. right? How is your future going to be different? How are you going to make different choices in the future? How are you? How are you going to arrange circumstances so it's not so easy for you to use in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, use meaning look at porn right. if that's what you're trying to give up. <laughs> right. um, like. Like we need to change that perspective. Shame is very past-focused. Mm-hmm. Guilt can be future-focused. That's when guilt is healthy. Is if it's future-focused. Mm-hmm. Like what am I going to do differently? Mm-hmm. I don't like this feeling. Let's let's not feel this feeling anymore. Um, that that can be the useful part of guilt. Shame is always past-focused. You did this bad thing in the past. You will always do this bad thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably not exactly what you were asking, but sure, it reminded no, me of that. <laughs> <Yeah>, no. <laughs> um, now, let me answer your question. <laughs> like, as far as partners, um, it's, it's a difficult mm-hmm. question. Like, what I'm about to say is difficult to pull off, but I think we ask our clients to, like, everything we're asking them to do is really <laughs> difficult. Um, but partners, the most effective partner response is affirmation and support, right? Um, and, like, I, in a former life, I was an elementary teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> years and years ago, and when I was doing my elementary school training, they would say, catch them being good, mm-hmm. right? And so I tell the partners of my clients, you need to catch them being good, um, and, and affirm them for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the hard part is, because um, I've heard this from many, many, many partners over the years of my clients. They don't want to affirm them because they don't want them to think everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you're going to have the opposite effect, right? By not affirming them, it's going to make them more likely to use because they feel crappy about themselves. And people who are addicts use to feel better, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And so if you affirm them and say, I see you're trying, I see you making changes... I want to encourage you to keep doing that, to keep making these changes, um, and so you know that's great that you're making changes. You know, so so affirmation is probably the biggest thing that a partner can do to help the person with the issue um, that they're that they're coming to see us for.
0: And it's like a sorry to interrupt. It's like a moth to a flame is the th- the thought I had of like. At what affirmation means to these guys, it's like, oh my god, give me more, You know what I mean? Like, like you're in the headlights. Like, please give me more. You know, when they actually get that true, especially from their partners, whom they've maybe you know broken trust with, or whatever. It's insane the the like power that that has. But continue. And I think
1: that that's why a lot of people are drawn to pornography, and consume it with such quantity that they're yeah veracity (laughs) that they're coming to us for right that that if if it's such a problem that they have to seek therapy for it i think that's why they're going to it because porn is always there it's always available it's never on its period it never has a headache it's never tired it's never feeding the kids it's Mm -hmm. you know it's it's it's, it's, it always gives me exactly what i want right um we can search for specific things and like if we're in we can search for feet, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's always there, and it always gives me, it, it always affirms me, right, and porn is filmed from the point of view of mm-hmm. the consumer, like, it's as if you're there, and so you hear all those affirmations in porn, mm-hmm. um, and so, in your brain takes that in as if it's talking to you, mm-hmm. right, and so I really think that if, if the person is, if porn has become such a problem that they're seeking therapy for it, it's, it's become, they're doing that f- to get affirmation. They're doing it to get um, human contact. They're, they're doing it to, um, to be told that they're good enough. Right, and so if they get those messages from outside, there could be less of a tendency to move towards porn because now I'm getting those needs met outside of porn, mm-hmm.
0: right? And I think concurrently is, you know, I can I think someone can hear that and be like, well, so I'm I'm replacing porn for them or as the partner I'm the one that's giving that affirmation. I think also it's both, it's both the individual like the guys we're pushing guys to get that, those needs met in other ways, but as a partner you can help in that you know in that path or in that journey of also adding more affirmation to to them you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. that it's not like because i know that's like a thought of like you know like it wasn't my fault he's the one that did it like Mm -hmm. why should i like why should i affirm him or why should i you know or i'm hurt i mean i get it you know what i mean but you can either help the situation or make it worse? <laughs> that's know. what I was going to say. <laughs> like it is, I, and
1: I've heard those comments mm-hmm. from people. Like I, it's, I'm not the one with the problem, right? I didn't make him do this. Um, so why should I do anything to help him? Well, you're in, you're in his life, you're present. So you're either going to help or you're going to harm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: so that's the choice that you have to make, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Am I going to be helpful in this situation or am I going to make it harder? Um, more difficult to, to overcome and and most partners want to help they just don't yeah. know how to help or they they get into that that feeling of like i said earlier I, i'm not gonna affirm this person or comfort them because they hurt me mm-hmm. right and um and i don't want them to think everything's okay mm-hmm. so so they pull back on that same thing with sex Right? Mm-hmm. Like they when couples are mad at each other, sex is the first thing that, that stops mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for hopefully not very long, you know, a day or two or whatever, <laughs> but sometimes it's years. Uh-huh. Right? That, um, and and that can also have a deleterious effect on them their sobriety and their and, and they're getting better because you're withholding the only thing that males have received over time as a form of, of love is physical touch, right? Mm-hmm. So I've probably said this before yeah. in here, yeah. that you know we stop touching males when they're young, um, probably about nine or 10 years old, we stop wrestling and hugging and kissing and, and all those kinds of things. Um, so then the only physical touch they get is through sex. And so when you withhold sex, to a male, that means you don't love them anymore. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way they got physical touch, is through being sexual. Um, which is why I hear all the time from female partners, all he wants me for is sex. And I'm like, no, that's the only way he gets mm-hmm. physical affection. Mm-hmm. And so, because we stopped hugging and kissing and stuff like that, right? So um, so it's really, to me, people, people do not use porn to the level our clients are using porn just because they're horny they're doing it to get love and affirmation and physical touch and all those things that they're craving that we don't ask for that's a whole nother issue probably another podcast yep, yep. <laughs> we don't, don't ask for <laughs> what i need
0: <laughs> yeah that's a couple future podcasts on the side No, the porn podcast yeah. the asking <laughs> sexual communication we'll get there but right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah, um for, yeah, I mean, and that those are future podcasts. I think we'll delve in some more about porn for sure, um, and that's it's a hard thing to do, like when you're hurting than to give someone affirmation, like, I get it, you know, we get it, like it's tough, and it's like and it sucks, like that's not the that's generally that's not the first thing that you think about when someone hurts you, like oh, okay, let me go and like hug them or, yeah. like you know what I mean, um, so it's not easy. Um, but, but in our experience it, it, helps and it's makes the progress and, uh, the process better right. and the, and his, and the, our guys' recovery, it makes it better yeah. right, right. generally.
1: Well, and, and we know that mm-hmm. when it's not porn that we're talking about, like, right. like if somebody has surgery, right. Or if they tell if they disclose a cancer diagnosis, the first thing we say is you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But we don't do that when people are in therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or as a partner, we don't do that when our partner has an issue that they're struggling with. We don't tell them, you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But we know it works because we do it all the time with other things. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Like even if our you know if our kid has a test, you're gonna do fine, you're gonna do great. Mm -hmm. Right? We tell them positive messages because we know it works. But somehow with sexual addiction the rules change uh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and that's a whole nother topic <laughs> is that because i say this all the time to my clients Like, if you're addicted to alcohol or you're addicted to gambling your partner wouldn't feel that it's their fault or they wouldn't mm-hmm. withhold sex or they wouldn't there a lot of these problems would would not be present if the addiction were some other addiction mm-hmm. right but because it's a sexual addiction then the partners somehow feel, well, he's doing that because I don't look good enough, um, or I'm not giving him enough sex, or whatever, or I'm not, and then they turn that into I'm not going to affirm him because he hurt me, where we wouldn't necessarily think that if they were addicted Mm -hmm. to alcohol or gambling or something. Mm -hmm. right? So it's, the brain doesn't care what you're addicted to, the chemicals and the parts of your brain that light up are the same, whether it's heroin or alcohol or gambling or hoarding or whatever the addiction is, um, the same parts of your brain light up. And so we should treat them the same as partners that we would. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And it has such a, I mean, I found that with several clients, the effect that, that, that the not, not, I mean, the thought that I have is not giving assurance. Like, I've seen several times where the guy that comes in doesn't necessarily know, you know, there's this mystery of, like, whether the relationship is going to continue or whether they love them still or whatever, you know, just the effect that a partner can have to say, like, oh, I still love you or I'm not going anywhere. Again, if if they're not sure whether they're going anywhere, don't, don't, like, force it and don't just say I'm going to be here and then you're not. But but some of those assurances, like, have such a profound effect, you know, and and conversely it's such a negative effect when the guy doesn't know like oh, I'm not sure if she's gonna be around or take the kids or or if she even loves me anymore. She's so you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just how great of an effect that has on, on the guys that we see. And it can distract
1: from them getting better, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're coming to therapy to overcome an addiction and you're worried about where you're gonna live after the session's over, or you're gonna worry about you know, whether your partner's hired a lawyer or whether you're ever going to see your children again, that makes working on this issue difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Because your, your focus, you're being pulled in seven different directions rather than focusing on getting better. And so that can be a distraction. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. I, I want to be clear, that <laughs> that if your partner has violated your, your relationship covenant, um, you have that choice to leave, that's fine, um, but holding the threat over somebody's head is a distraction to them getting better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Like if this is a, a deal breaker for you, then terminate the relationship and move on, and then our clients can focus on getting better. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> but um, I mean, certainly they'll be devastated, but <laughs> um, but then we can help them with that. Yeah. But this—it's better. It's yeah. better
0: than ha- just having it lan- all over their shoulder, right. you know, in the long run. Of and course. our clients
1: will know. They'll—they'll they'll say, "Like, I just want to know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? I just want to know what is happening so that I can deal with it." Um, but not knowing is harder.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So we talked about shame, and like we said, we got a couple podcasts yeah. in the in the works. Um, are the are there any other final thoughts or any resources that you you use books or something like that that our guys can specifically about shame and that kind of stuff? Any thoughts? If not, that's fine. But I figured I'd ask.
1: Um, specifically about mm-hmm. shame, um, treating pornography addiction by Kevin Skinner is a good book. Um, treating pornography addiction by Kevin Skinner. I'm just repeating that because I said it really fast. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, it's, a, it's a small book, um, but it's one of the best books that, I, that I've read. He talks about shame and guilt in there. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's the, the best resource that I have yeah. off the top of my head. And I'm not earning any money by reading <laughs> that book. So just self- yeah. self-disclosure there. <laughs>
0: Bre- Brene Brown, a lot of her books oh, talk yeah. about shame and yeah, stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. I've
1: had clients that have actually come in and they've discovered Brene Brown's work on their own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's a powerful shame author. Um and so, like she talks about in 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 her books that she didn't want to want to research shame, she didn't want to... <laughs> because it was she's from Texas and she, you know, she she goes into that whole story but uh but yeah, she's she's a really good author.
0: Awesome. I will we'll see you guys in the next one. Uh, feel free to shoot any concerns, questions, thoughts, you know, we're always down to get the feedback. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Here's just a tip. Here are some tips to differentiate between shame and guilt. One, focus focus on the source of the feeling. Guilt is typically tied to a specific action or behavior, whereas shame is a more pervasive feeling about yourself as a person. Two, pay attention to self-talk. Guilt thoughts are more likely to focus on the action or behavior itself, whereas shame thoughts tend to be more self-critical and judgmental of your character. Three, examine the intensity and duration of the thoughts. Guilt tends to be a more temporary emotion. Shame can linger for longer periods of time and feel more intense. Four, consider the impact of the behavior. Guilt can be a motivator for positive change. Shame tends to lead to avoidance and withdrawal. Five, reflect on the role of others. Guilt often leads to empathy for others and their feelings shame is more focused on how you perceive others judgments about you the wet dreams podcast and any content posted is intended for general information educational and entertainment purposes only we are not responsible for any losses damages or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast it is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician professional coach psychotherapist or other qualified professional diagnosis or treatment Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining a medical advice for any medical or mental health condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions.